Welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim, two pastors discussing practical details about life, leadership, parenting, and being more centered around Jesus first. The goal of this show is to help you keep your eyes on Jesus through the busyness of life and clutter of your schedules. Now, join us for the conversation. Hey, welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast. I'm Drew and this is Tim. What's up? Yeah, what's going on? And uh, we are so thankful that you're joining us for our conversation, our chat today. Big shout out to everybody who is sharing this podcast, who's writing reviews on this podcast, who's uh, connecting with us on social media about this podcast. Really appreciate you guys diving in throughout the first two episodes. We've gotten some great feedback and I'm really like thankful and excited for what we get to talk about today. Something very much uh, in in the news and very much on people's minds as to what it is and how it's going to impact us. And that is chat GPT. And what is it? How does it work? All that good stuff. We're going to get into that. But uh, before we get into that, Tim, just how are you, man? How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for asking, Drew. It's been a fun week. It's been really busy. You know, it's one of those weeks where you feel like, is it Friday or is it like Tuesday, you know, yes. <laughs> it's just gone so fast and yeah, um, a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff happening. You know, the women at our church just got back from women's retreat. And so that's been an awesome time to see their testimonies. And it's, it's like a, a jolt of adrenaline into families, you know, with, with women coming back recharged and we're doing some planning for our men's retreat in August. And, you know, we have our youth camps, we have VBS coming up, we have family camp, uh, we're doing a family trip over the summer to go to Universal Studios to see oh, nice. Mario Land, which will be cool. As a big uh, longtime Mario fan, my son is too, and uh, it'd be cool to the, for us to see that. Even though it'll be really hot in July, we're gonna grin and bear it. Um, we're usually Disneyland people, but uh, we kind of taking a break on that for a while, and we were gonna take a cruise with the family, but then I don't know. My wife and I went on a cruise in 2019 with just us, and so the idea of taking our kids at this point is kind of like, is that gonna like? ruin the cruise when we're used to just us or what so we might do it eventually i don't know have you ever been on a cruise i have yeah actually so way back in the day i actually worked on a cruise line for a little bit and i did i was one of those guys that like played piano and sang sell the art took requests and all that stuff yeah yeah so that that was me i would i would kind of play the i was the guy who played the captain's dinner and uh and so that was fun like that was that was a good time um it was short it was kind of short-lived and then um um, and then my wife and I, we went on a cruise, I guess this was, I mean, it had, yeah, we didn't have any kids at the time. So it was probably six years ago. And I mean, it was fine. It was, it was fun. I'm, yeah. I don't know that I'm, I don't know that I'm like a cruise guy. Like yeah. after, after day two, it's like, yeah, like water, big yeah. boat. This is, this I knew is someone great. at work that would take 21 day cruises. I mean, she was older, almost close to retired. And, uh, I'm just like, man, 21 days on the water would be way too much for me. I think my max would be seven to 10. Yeah. I'm with you on that. And I think it depends on like, how often do I get to get off the boat? What are we going to see? Like if it's a legit, if it's a legit sightseeing thing and you're able to get out and explore, that's cool. We didn't really have a lot of opportunities to get out and explore. It was like, Hey, you can get out for like two hours and then come back. So that wasn't very extended. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would probably do one again, but it's not on the top of my list. I will say when it comes to like Disney, um, we haven't taken our kids yet because they're five and, and two. And we've heard other families that take their five and two year old. And it's a nightmare. So oh, we were I'm, there. We took them at yeah. newborn. Newborn <laughs> oh. and up is when we started. So, oh, Man. Yeah. I've just I, I've heard it's tough. 
So uh, we're going to we're going to wait till they uh, get a little older. But man, uh, fantastic for you going in July. That's braving it, braving yeah. the heat, the pavement, all that stuff. That's going to be we fun live in Arizona. So I think we can handle a little. Heat, yeah, but... you'll be you'll be fine. You'll Do you have any plans fine. this summer for vacations? Yeah, uh, we're so actually uh, I mentioned, I guess, a couple episodes ago, my wife and I, we, we celebrated a 10 year wedding anniversary, but it's right around Easter. So we didn't really get to go do anything crazy special. So in June, we're headed to Banff, Canada, B-A-N-F-F, Canada. And oh. I'd never heard of this place, but a bunch of people recommended it that are, uh, you know, kind of they just travel a ton and they said it was gorgeous. And so it's the Rocky Mountains. It's Lake Louise, which is like this lake where a glacier is melted and created this lake and it's supposed to be really really beautiful and really awesome but what's even cooler is uh we don't have to take the kids yeah so happy 10 years to us (laughs) as we get to actually have a dinner uh (laughs) and and not be interrupted or cutting up somebody's food or you know listening to somebody complaining about something it'll be a fun time (laughs) yeah that's the best i love that absolutely so today as we said we're getting into chat gpt this is something that as soon as it popped up and started becoming marketed and there was version one and two and three and four, and it just got smarter and smarter and smarter. Uh, the more this has happened, the more now we're seeing chat GPT used in different angles. And, and some of those yeah. angles have been okay. Some of those angles are getting pretty interesting. Some of the questions and answers and responses and things like that are uh, just, you know, getting, getting pretty interesting. I think they're worth talking about. So as we look at chat GPT, what what are you seeing? What's what's kind of your take on it? And and what do you really feel like not only this is built for, but like where do you think it's headed? Yeah. And I didn't realize the definition of this until I looked it up, but it's stands for chat generative pre-trained transformer, which I did not know the last T was transformer. I thought it'd be like pre-trained something. transformer. Wow. Yeah. So it's a complex machine learning model that's able to carry out natural language generation tasks with such a high level of accuracy that the model can pass a Turing test, which is the test that is basically saying technology is upon uh, exhibiting intelligent behavior equivalent to that of a human. So in one sense, it's nothing new as a model that is predictive text, because we've had that, you know, if you type in something in Google, it predicts what you're going to type. If you know, sure. We have yep. Siri, Alexa that can speak to you and respond to you and look up all kinds of stuff. And so it's been going this direction for a long time. The new part about this is that it is so accurate and so fast that yes. it is really turning heads. And this came out kind of quietly. We were playing with it, I think, on the first week at church and we were just doing silly stuff like tell me a story about you know joe and tim and you know whatever you know to make up a funny story (laughs) right and so we didn't think much of it but then once you start actually looking at it and doing like real stuff like tell write a sermon for me or you know looking up information it is it is crazy how fast it is and jordan peterson talks about this a lot and uh he did a, a model where something like Tell me uh, about a sermon on the Mount, but do it in the style of like Confucius and Tao Chin, or uh, I forgot what his exact example was, but he did something so specific and it spit something out immediately. And Jordan Jordan (laughs) Peterson was floored. And so he's been on this like campaign of like, hey, we really need to be careful what we're doing here. And so has Elon Musk. Elon Musk uh, said that ChatGPT is scary good. We're not far from dangerously strong AI. Now, what does dangerously strong AI mean? I don't think Mm. we know. 
I think we know right. what the movies might tell us. And, right. You know, we look at Terminator. Right. And Terminator. I was about to say, yeah. yeah, exactly. So we that's what people immediately go to. And honestly, we have no idea what five to 10 years from now will look like when it comes to tools like this. And so what we want to talk right. about today is where are we at today with this type of tool? How should Christians and the church think about this? Should we avoid it completely? Should we use it in moderation? Should we be gung-ho? Let's do everything we you know have for it. And and how does this help us in our walk with Christ or at all? You know, that's really kind of the the touch points we want to get to here. Yeah, I, I mean, what you said is is right on. The Jordan Peterson thing is the first time that I really recognized how crazy this can turn into. Yeah. And then the more and more that I see teachers recognizing that half the students in the classroom use chat GPT yeah. to write essays. Um, and then it makes you wonder how many teachers didn't detect it and yeah. how much of our school system is actually now based on critical thinking and memorization compared to now chat GPT that just gives you all of that. Yeah. And thinks for you, gives you suggestions. I mean, like we mentioned on episode one, even when it comes to titles for this podcast, we asked ChatGPT and it within 30 seconds, we had 10 suggestions. They were all good. Like yeah. that's that's the thing. Like it's not like this this thing's terrible. Like they were good. Yeah. They were good suggestions. And we were <laughs> thinking of using some of them. And and so I think uh the more and more I see how this is used, how it's evolved you recognize that it can be pretty dangerous. I think it was a couple months ago, this guy asked chat GPT what he should do to make money. Do you remember this? Did you hear about this? Like revenue streams? Yeah. So yeah. he was at, he had like, I don't remember if it was $500 or a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. I don't remember what it was. I think it might've been just a hundred dollars, but he said, I have a hundred dollars. What should I do to make money? So Chat GPT gave him some suggestions and then he documented on Twitter what was happening. And as he documented it on Twitter, he started getting a greater following and it was sharing. And so he would relay that information to Chat GPT and say, Now we have a following. What should we do? These people are wanting to do ads. Should we do ads? And literally, like seven days later, had seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars from like a hundred bucks. So it's it's those kinds of things that you're like, well, is that a bad thing? Is that a good thing? Well, I, I mean, again, like kind of like everything in the wrong hands in the wrong direction. Yeah, I think it could be a, a bad thing yeah. in the right hands in the right direction. I think it could be OK. I've noticed a lot of graphic designers and a lot of people that have to be creative. They'll use it. They'll use chat GPT, leverage chat GPT, kind of like we did for, for ideas and discussion, right. you know, can, what, what would be some great titles, you know, and then we get those titles and that allows me and you to kind of brainstorm and talk about some things. So I could see it being beneficial for writer's block. I could see it being beneficial for people that are just quickly wanting to, to kind of get the conversation going, Yeah, but man is is it taking a, a dangerous turn? And so I'll, I'll tell you this, I'll, I'll wait. I'm going to, I'm going to hold back a little bit and I'm going to wait um, to kind of give my, my future prediction on what yeah. this becomes and what it means for us as Christians. Um, but I'm, I'm curious as to how you've used it and, and what you're seeing as well. Well, a couple of times I've used it. One was for fun is uh, our, our senior pastor was speaking and he said, you know, maybe we'll do a, a, a series on Psalms coming up. And 
I'm actually in service and I typed it in an, an app, a chat GPT app. And it yeah. says, what would a, what would a series on Psalms look like? Just a simple question. Cause I was wondering, you know, how they would format it. It right. gave me seven sermons, not seven points, seven full oh sermon topics, titles, gosh. descriptions of what would be in the sermon sample Psalms you would use in each one of those seven sermons. And I'm just completely floored by that possibility of that you can plan out your sermons seven weeks in advance. And then if you were to say, okay, tell me more about sermon one, it would give you like a full point uh, outline for that sermon. And so that was, that, that floored me when I did that. Um, I also had something practically where I had, we were uh, posting something for the church and uh, over email, or it was actually in a, in a, in a software and you couldn't do more than 500 words. Well, I had written 1500 words. So I copied and pasted those 1500 words. I put it in chat GPT and I said, shorten this down to 500 words for me. And it did no problem. Like within seconds. Now I could have gone through the whole thing and shortened it myself, but it made it so much easier. It didn't create something for me, but it just shortened it for me. Yeah. So as far as artistic license, it's it's, right. a, it's a tough balance between it doing the work for you and then it just making your life easier. Now, no one's going to say like, oh, you shouldn't use a search engine. You shouldn't use sure. uh, hundreds of different tools that we've adopted technology-wise right. online. Like we use tools all the time. We have a tool in our pocket called our phone that has tons of things that make our yeah. life easier. Right. And that over time has replaced our need to read an entire book, to go to the library. Like a lot of the things that we had growing up have been replaced without this big, uh, you know, hoopla around it. And so this has been uh, pushing the boundaries a little bit where now we have to wonder, is this going to replace uh, jobs? Like I wonder for, like you said, artistic artists, for people that create content, they really have to worry because you can also create songs like with, yep. With chord charts. Yep. And you know, for, for songwriters, that has to be scary. You look at people that do, uh, you know, scripts for, uh, emails. There's people that just do that. Like, uh, like, uh, what are the administrative assistants that help you write emails? There's a lot of other people that do creative stuff like that, that can be replaced in literally seconds with chat GPT. I just right. got an email today from Carrie Newhoff and this was about songwriters. She said recently universal music decided to block services like chat GPT from sampling its music to create AI generated tunes. He says, who knows where that will land on AI, but it puts us squarely in the place of, once again, creating something we're not sure how to use. Nothing like working out ethics in real time. So this is so new that even like Elon Musk is saying, we need like a six month pump our brakes on this thing because people, now you have like Canva and you have uh, uh, Bing and you have all these other platforms trying to create their own uh, chat. Google included. Yeah. Yeah. That it's it's really an arms race to the one who has the best who stays the longest and and but what that does is it creates platforms which is dependent upon human input to create these things and so what that might do is it will create a tool like ChatGPT that is that can be biased and right. I even see that now on ChatGPT if you want it to write a uh, a story for example but it thinks that it's mean spirited it won't write it for you because it goes against its programming. And that is scary to me because what would happen if let's say Google search goes away and all we have is something like ChatGPT that gives us search results, but but people that aren't Christian have uh-huh. coded it. 
Now yes. we're only going to see things that they want us to see based on what we type in. And so that's really one of the dangers of this is the the human element that's creating this. Yeah. So what you just said is my fear. And and it's less of a it's less of a fear of like I'm I'm concerned for myself or concerned for my family. It's much more of a like concern for humanity. Mm-hmm. And the roadblocks that then are in place in a very structured way to you finding Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I personally think if I was to, you know, kind of do the the whole sports hot take kind of thing, you know, what's your hot take on this? I personally think this could become people's God. Mm. Yeah, I really do. Uh, I think that um, as we move forward, it could really turn into one of those things of it really doesn't matter what you think. It really doesn't matter what I think. It really doesn't matter what you believe or what I believe. Let's go to chat GPT and see what it says, because that's law. And that's, that's the smartest thing we know. And so we're going to rely on the knowledge of an AI system, whatever that AI system ends up sprouting into instead of taking the time, right? Cause like you mentioned, we're not about taking time anymore. We're not about reading a book because we have a phone. We're not about, you know, actually sitting down and having a conversation with somebody. We're about just texting them real quick and getting the point across. So instead of taking the time to get into scripture and read the Bible and seek that kind of knowledge and sit quietly in prayer and connect with the creator of the universe, instead of doing that, what we're going to do is we're going to go to chat GPT or some AI system and ask it questions. So I think there's a lot of challenges in that. Number one, like you said, someone somewhere is, is feeding this, the structure. Like we, (laughs) we, we'd love to think that it's just, Oh, it's just an AI thing. And it's just good. No, like, like someone somewhere that, that started this whole thing has put parameters in at the beginning. And if you're, like, well, I wonder what those parameters are. Well, look at what the parameters are on your reels. Look what the parameters are on your social media. Look what the parameters are in our culture right now. Look what the parameters are on the news. Like, you're not going to hear about Jesus. Right. You're not going to hear about a lot of positive things. You're not going to hear about white people and black people getting along. You're going to hear about racism. Like, that's right. this is what happens. This is where we are. And so for ChatGPT to then expand on that, and have the credibility, it becomes the news source. It becomes, it becomes the God. It really does. And I think my concern is now anybody can be anything. I mean, think about this. Let's, let's say, um, let's say you really wanted to be a pastor, but, but you had no background in theology, no education. You've never really been to church you don't really know what to think, but you really want to be a pastor, or maybe you just want people to think you're a pastor. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe you went on a dating app and you put that you're a Christian. You just want to learn some things. And and so now you go to chat GPT and you say, well, write me a sermon, right? Chat GPT writes the sermon. You can even get specific. This was one of the my most favorite things I did. I asked it to write me a sermon on a verse in Luke. And then I said, now write me a sermon on the same verse in Luke, but in the style of Craig Groeschel. And it wrote me the same sermon with three points and a salvation moment at the end. (laughs) And I was like, this guy really does know Craig Groeschel. So 
so now you've got people that can go on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and they can pretend to be knowledgeable about a subject that they have no knowledge on. I think that's really dangerous. I think that yeah. leads to a lot of scams. I think that leads to a lot of misguided funds. I think that leads to a lot of catfishing. I think that leads mm-hmm. to a lot of ugly things. Um, and and now you can, you know, you can do that in and like you said, you can do that in 30 seconds to 90 seconds and, and yeah. do whatever you need to do. So I think information becomes way more uh confusing overall, just like it has through the media. We don't know really what's true, what's not, um, and just like it has through social media. Um, and and then like the end all be all, well, if we want truth, where does that come from? Becomes yeah. the AI search engine. And that's it's really, really dangerous. I mean, today's a, today's a perfect example. I saw a uh, video on Twitter and the video said uh, this, this child was taken from his home in Germany. I don't know if you've seen this video, but Mm-mm. there were police that came into a home and removed a child from their family. Now, I have no context. Understand, I, I might say what I'm about to say and it'd be completely false. And that's that's the whole point. I really don't know. But according to what I saw on Twitter, this group of police in Germany was coming in to, to take this kid away from the family because it was an Islamic family that taught Islamic values. And the kid went to school and told the school that my parents don't believe in trans and my parents don't believe in any kind of gender dysphoria. Mm-hmm. The school then reported that to the police and the police came and took the kid away from the family. And now the family doesn't know where the kid is and the government has no obligation to tell them where the kid is because it didn't go along with the agenda that that the culture is promoting in Germany. Now, is that actually what the video is? Here's what's scary. That video could have been taken 13 years ago. It could have been child protection services removing the kid from a hostile environment and somebody just put a different description with it and it went viral. Like, Mm -hmm. I really don't know anymore. I really don't know. But it was like retweeted like 13.6 thousand times and and everybody kind of had a consistent story. And I'm like, maybe that's actually what happened. But I don't know. So so things that I want to be empathetic for things that I should be praying about. I don't even know if that's real. And then that happens just with the positive, just with the negative. And so what what is the truth anymore? And so Mm. I believe that as we're trying to discover that truth that Christians need to be really diligent. We talked about it on an episode recently about habits, like Christians need to be really diligent in their habits, really disciplined in their habits and make sure they're getting into scripture and knowing without a doubt what the truth is so that they can then catch what's not true throughout culture. If not, I think there's going to be another group that's very largely going to commit to finding their truth through an AI search engine. And I think that that's just detrimental to our society. And it's certainly detrimental to the growth and expansion of church and Christianity. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. That's a good point because I see videos on TikTok all the time and it it portrays things as facts. And if you dive into it, like something was just like, oh, look what's happening in Israel. And I looked it up and it actually happened like five years ago, right? 
but it it made it seem like it was happening today. And so oh, yeah. uh, there's there's so many news stories, there's so many videos you see, and they can be, I mean, the amount of doctoring you can do on videos now, like someone sees oh, the UF, CGI UFO, is right? amazing. or CGI or, or Bigfoot yeah. or all these things, like you can't believe any of that anymore because it all no. can be doctored so much right. more so than it used to. And especially with like deep fakes where people can look like celebrities, like stunningly close. Uh, Have you seen the guy that does Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise. Yeah, I was just going to say. Oh my God. It's, it's amazing it's how accurate that is. And so we can be deceived more now with technology than ever before. And so we have to be discerning, like you said, because you can also create these AI technology where it's like a, it's someone speaking that looks like a human, but it's actually right. someone speaking and you can, you can give them a script from chat GPT. And so this person can be on, on, on screen saying something that sounds completely intelligible, but it's not an actual person. It's someone, it's, it's a script that someone gave it. And that could be the news. Like that could be yeah. the news uh, is it's completely AI generated news. Like that could be where we're going. Um, there could be completely AI generated uh, mini part. I mean, I could just think of multiple industries that could go completely generated. Oh, AI. Yeah. And what does that mean for the individual giftings that God's given humans? You know, I, I look at the, the extreme example, like Wally, when all the guys were on a conveyor belt just eating while the robots did the work, right? That's the extreme example. Yep. I can't get that picture out of my head, but I yep. think it will create a lazy society of humans that will then do what, right? Uh, how will we contribute to society when the creative things are being done for us by computers, right? And so, and that's maybe like a five-year problem, five, 10-year problem I could see. Maybe. A, maybe a one-year problem. Maybe five. Chat, I mean, yeah, I don't you know. know. It keeps getting updated every couple months with new, faster things. Uh, I, I played around with it today and I was like uh, preparing for this episode and I asked it, tell me why the Bible is not the infallible word of God. And it gave me four points, right? And then I did it again. Tell me why the Bible is the infallible word of God. And it gave me another four points. And it just made me realize that, you know, data in, data out, whatever you're looking yep. for, whatever kind of you know, box you put yourself in of just, I'm only going to look at this one side of the story. You're going to create the echo chamber for yourself where you only yeah. see and hear the things that support your personal narrative without actually seeking truth for itself. And so, I mean, even as Christians, like we can't be blind to what's happening in the world. Um, it doesn't mean we need to research all the hundreds of religions out there to know that we are, we have the truth. Like we don't have to study all these other books, but we do have to be aware of what people are consuming, what hangups they have, maybe about Christianity, how we can speak to that. I mean, yep. learning apologetics is a great tool for all Christians to learn, but also not relying on the fact that I'm just going to live in my little bubble and right. only talk to the people who look and sound and sin like me. <laughs> and then we we create this this culture, this Christian culture where churches are not inviting because we're not looking at the sinners, looking at the problems of the world today and saying, no, Jesus is the solution. Whatever the problem is, we know Jesus is the solution and we can explain right. why. And we can also love you through the process. If you don't accept him today, we can still love you despite the fact that we may not agree. That's real. Yeah. Great points. And it makes me, it makes me think about two things when you talked about just belief and being in your own box and things like that. Every argument, every to every war, right? If you want to go extremes, every argument to every war has started with just a disagreement in beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so whoever you're fighting believes that they're right just as much as you believe that you're right. And 
if something is promoting your point and at the very same time is promoting the other person's point, we would call that if it was a human, an instigator. Yeah. But it's not an instigator, Tim. It's AI technology, right? It's not an instigator. (laughs) It's AI technology. And I think that's where it gets really dangerous. Because like you said, I could come up with four points of why Jesus and the word of God should be taken seriously just as easily as I can come up with four points of why it shouldn't. Well, based on this machine. Now, if I was talking to you and telling you that Jesus is real, but then I was talking to one of your friends behind your back and saying, Jesus isn't. And then I got y'all two together. I would be an instigator. Yeah. Right. But now here's this chat GPT system saying, Hey, whatever you want to believe, whatever you want to be true, I can, I can make that true. Yeah. I can give you arguments. I can, I can make it happen. And so I think you're going to, if it really is looked at as, as that, as an instigator, I think you could see everything from just a discussion around difference of beliefs all the way to war that's held based on a belief system. The other thing that, that I I thought about, and I don't even remember, we've, we've talked so much in so many hours. I don't remember if I've used this as an example before or not, but if you, if you go study, uh, there's a, there's a department of the FBI that studies counterfeit money. Have I told mm-hmm. you about this? Did I do this already? Uh, I know the example, but I don't know if you did. You said it, but okay. I don't think you said it so, on the podcast. So go for it. Yeah, yeah. So I'll give it a shot. So there's there's a, a a group that studies counterfeit money, and you would think like, oh, if they study counterfeit money, then probably what they're doing is studying a lot of different like people that have done counterfeit money. And they're probably Mm -hmm. trying to figure out all the things that aren't the real thing. And that's actually not what they do at all. They study the real thing so well that they know it so well and they see it so well that if anything is off, they can detect it. And that's the exact approach that we as Christians have to take when it comes to scripture. We have to be in our Bibles and we have to know scripture and know the word of God and know Jesus and our relationship with him. We have to know that so well that when we see anything else, we can discern and recognize, hey, that's counterfeit. Yeah, that's not it. That's not what the word of God says. That's not what Jesus says. That's not what he says about you. And that's not how he feels about you. And we've got to be able to do that. And my my concern with social media and chat GPT, and we'll get into social media on another episode. But my concern with all of this is that we will go searching for truth every other place, but the one place we'll find it. Yeah. And that that's just that's incredibly dangerous, man. Yeah. I get that's that's really good. I love the the example of the banks and the counterfeit money. My dad used that uh, all the time growing up because he used to work at a bank before he came became a pastor. And it's so true. We have to study the truth uh, because the counterfeits can look so close to the original, but then you try to cash it in, and you're not going to get your values worth for that hundred dollar bill when it, they find out it's fake. Just like if we believe the wrong the wrong Jesus, the wrong gospel, yeah. the wrong religion, right? You cash that in when you die not making it to heaven. And so there's real stakes at, at play here. And uh, I thought about, you know, I see on on TikTok, uh, there's a creator who's not Christian, but he talks about the Bible all the time. And one of the things he always says is, you know, based on the consensus of biblical scholars, and then he goes off on his point. And his point is usually something that is not orthodox Christianity. It's something that like, oh, well, this is why Jesus is not the son of God or what he said uh. he didn't really mean because the consensus of biblical scholars. And 
and he says that in a way that, well, well, are you going to, are you going to go against biblical scholars, the consensus, even if it's 51%, like, are you going to go against that? And so he, he creates this platform that, that, oh, now I have this leverage. You have to listen to the quote facts because biblical yep. scholars have agreed, even if it goes against the Bible. And so I would say we have to believe in the truth of the Bible that has withstood for centuries and yep. millennia, regardless if it goes against them, it, regardless if we're in the mino- minority, which we are, I, I would say we're getting that oh, to that yeah, point, right? Get, if we're yeah, not already. 100%. Yeah. And so if you are the only person that stands for truth in your family, in your community, can you still stand for that amidst persecution, right? I mean, yep. just ask the the churches in, in China, right? It's not the consensus. It is a right. highly influenced uh, uh, culture with computers and technology to only believe what they want you to believe. Right. Yep. That is the extreme example, and they're already there. And so how do Christians survive? And they're actually thriving because they stand for truth. They don't let the government, they don't let technology dictate what is truth. And so when we look at an extreme example like that, that's very real for for thousands and millions of Christians there, what does that mean for us today? How do we not become influenced when we see things and hear things that go against, because that's 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 Satan's strategy, is to 100%. go against the word of God yep. and to get us to question the word of God. It's always been his strategy since the garden. Um, and so when we look at ChatGPT, and, and as we start to incorporate it more and more, uh, and it's going to be incorporated in ways that we don't even realize. Uh, for example, there's an app I use called Captions. And after you're done creating your video, uh, it now gives you a title, a description, and sample hashtags to use, which wow. are extremely accurate. Uh, for a 60-second clip on Christianity, the description, I, I, I use them and I never really have to change them or edit them because they're so accurate. And that's an example of predictive AI technology in an app that we just are going to start using and not think about it. And so I'm I'm thankful for those tools. Like those those are things like I don't have to think of a title. I don't have to think of a catchy title because the video is already right. made. And so I'm not going to be like completely against this kind of stuff. Like Christians can go the extreme also. You know, when new technology comes out, you know, when live streaming, right, first came right. out, like oh, I don't want to live yep. stream it's going to keep people out of church. Well, then 2020 hits and churches are scrambling trying to live stream and many realize uh-huh. there's actually a benefit to people that aren't aren't that are visiting that are are uh you know other sides of the country that you can reach more people with the gospel like there's so many mm-hmm. benefits to it as well but the first uh, i think impulse we have with new technology as christians this goes with apps and and facebook and tiktok i don't want to be on that because i just want to preach to people in front of me and right. we are, we are we cannot do what we did 30 years ago as a church too because things are constantly changing you have to reach people where they're at if you just say i don't want to be on social media then yeah, you you might just have your your church of fifty, but I think you're missing out on an opportunity to reach people. Like yeah. I, I I am a proponent of this, and I'm not going to say like if you aren't on social media, don't live stream. That I, I'm not going to condemn you. I'm just saying that as sure. Christians, we have to be open to the fact that we have to go where the people are, and yep. for people that will never set foot in a church that have a portal to I've said this before too, a portal in their pocket that we can reach them. We have to be open to the idea that we can use that for good and for the gospel. Yep. Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, yes. Like I, I, I'm just, I'm your biggest fan right now. I, I'm, I'm in the background going, yes, keep going. Uh, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. And, and I think that's for our listeners, like that's the application, you know, in trying to figure out how do we manage this time? How do we stay strong? What do we do? 
like if you are going to be on the platform, if you are going to use chat GPT, use it for good. Yeah. If you are going to have questions when it comes to your Christianity, when it comes to how you live your life, you, you need to get in into scripture. Like that, that's, that's the way to go. Yeah. And, um, and I just think we need to have this, this as, as a, as a people, we need to have this great awareness where we recognize the season we're in and what's happening. Yeah. And we really, you know, I don't want to go as far as to say persecution because um, let's not, let's not by any ways uh, bring that heavy of a word and see what that word really leads to in, in the Bible and, and use that on a guy that's, you know, sitting in a room doing a podcast right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think we need to be aware from the angle of what, what's really trying to be promoted in our schools and through our phones and through AI and through social media and through the regular TV media and like what's really being promoted right now through the government and through really the world. Like what, what do we need to do about that? And so I would just encourage you if you are lacking strength, you're not going to find it anywhere uh, on TikTok and you're not going to find it on any reel and you're not going to find it through asking chat GPT a question. If you want strength, you need to pray for strength and you need to bind uh, your faith and your strength with someone else uh, that can hold your arms up when you're failing. And if you're really just searching and have questions right now, get into scripture and, and be honest with God. Hey, I have a lot of questions. I, I need, I need some answers or I need some revelation here. I, I just need something that, that, that lets me know you're there. And what I believe is that if you'll pray for it, that God will do it. God will, God will make himself known and reveal himself in your life if you will ask for it. And if that's really what you're seeking. So I, I think we have to learn Hey, right now, chat GPT, social media, all these things, they're coming at us from all these different angles. They are not currently set up to affirm, imitate, or support biblical theology and biblical values. Yeah. And they're not, they're just simply not structured that way. Does that mean we have to run and hide? No. But it does mean if we are going to be on these platforms, use these platforms in any way, that we need to be very aware of what uh, of what our goal is, and that is to further the gospel. That is to let people know about the love of Jesus. It's to show the love of Jesus and to let them know what Jesus has done in our lives and share our testimonies and and all of those things. And so um, we that that's what we have to do. So in these moments where we're like, man. What's chat GPT going to turn into? Where are we headed? What are we going to do? This is where we can sit back and go, well, I want to learn more about chat GPT. And sure, if you want to do that, go for it. But what I would encourage you to do is right now needs to be the time you learn more about Jesus Yeah, and you get that. into scripture and you learn more about the Bible so that you're ready for these kinds of situations. Yes. And you said in a word awareness, which is so good. And we have to be aware of what technology is doing to our soul because it might be something that is completely fine, right? I mean, Netflix is fine. It's fine. It's not great. It's not pure, uh, but it's fine. And if you want to spend an hour or two on there, that's up to you. But if you spend every night for four hours a night binging Netflix, we might say there's a problem or you should say there's a problem because you have that awareness that it's not good for your 
your your the balance of your spirit and your soul and that you should be in the Bible, right? And so something right. even like the Bible app for me personally, like I love the Bible app. I still use it. But when I actually do the bulk of my Bible reading, I had to get mm-hmm. a good Bible, like an yep. actual physical Bible, because I realized that the phone was so distracting with new notifications going on oh, yeah. that I could not just stay in the Bible app without being distracted by something else. And right. so that that doesn't say that and that's for me personally. That's my conviction. Oh, I'm um, with you. You know, and 100%. so we have to be aware that, oh, oh, what, what does Tim and Drew think? I'm gonna model their life completely hundred percent. No. Go to the Holy Spirit and say, what what in my specific situation do I need to do to keep my eyes on Jesus? How do I need to get more in the word? What distractions are in my life? What do I, what do I need to do in moderation? And what do I need yep. to throw out completely? Um, those are questions that are between you and God, maybe some close you know, spouse, uh, close accountability partners around you. But ask those tough questions, even if that means, really, that means I have to cancel my Netflix subscription? Maybe. If, if you I mean, I got to throw away my Xbox. If you don't have self-control, that that might be an option. Uh, like literally, the, Jesus used extreme examples of cutting off your your right foot or was it your arm and your eye? Yep, yep. Um, That's right. Your hand and your eye. And so Jesus was painting a picture that do whatever it takes, right? Not not to promote uh, mutilation, but do whatever it takes right. to get close right. to God. And if that means canceling something, deleting something off your phone. Uh, uninstalling an app, that, then do it. Because like you said, ultimately what matters is how grounded we are in the word and how much we're letting that word seep into our life and being shown to other people. And so I want to end real quick, just on ChatGPT for pastors, since we're pastors, what role do you see that in sermon prep? Should it be used at all? Should it be used a little bit? Or what are your thoughts? I think I think there are ways it can be used positively. I do. Do I think you need to say, chat GPT, write me a sermon, that sermon's written, and you're like, yep, there you go, I'll build off of that, and that'll be my sermon for this Sunday. And then you go in the next Sunday, and you do it again, you do it again, and do it again. If you go that route, then you're really missing the, the idea that you know, as a pastor, your job is to teach based on your congregation. Uh, not based on what the latest you know sermon series was from Stephen Furtick or somebody else that you follow, but to really like mentally recognize what what does this congregation, this group of people need to hear from God. Right. And I would hope that the way that you're discovering that is through prayer and through alone time with God, and and you're being you're being given ideas. Now, do I think that there's you know, you, you're, you're doing a Bible study, you're, you're prepared, but you just feel like you need like a little bit, something else. You're a little stuck, something like that. Like, I, again, it kind of comes back to intent, laziness, yeah. preparation. There's a lot of tug and pull. And those are things that are done in hiding. Those are, th- that's, what's so tough about this. Those are things that are done when, when I, I can't see you, I don't know. Uh, so is there a place for it? I think if it's used smartly and if it's used to generate a starting point or it's used to pick you up in a in a moment where you're just like stuck and give you fresh ideas sure i mean i i'll be the i haven't done this with a with a sermon or a bible study but like i mentioned earlier like if i'm stuck on coming up with ideas or if i'm stuck like 
I'll go to it. And I look, I do some real estate on the side. I've gone to chat GPT and been like, what are the best social media posts for real estate agents right now? Yeah. Like what, what, what poster are really putting people's name out there? Because one of the best ways to generate business is to let people know that you're in real estate and posting certain things. So I think there are things that can be leveraged and used well for, again, you just have to ask yourself, like, what are you promoting? Why are you promoting it? What's the intent behind that? But if you're just using it as like a way to be lazy yeah, and, and a way to quickly get it done and just check a box because, you know, somehow you've justified that kind of behavior as a leader of a church or a leader of, of people. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that's the, the appropriate way to go. Yeah. I, I agree completely. And when people, when pastors prepare now, they, they pull out a bunch of different resources. You know, it's, it's rarely just you and your Bible and then you start writing. I mean, it can be, but most of the time you're looking at commentary, you're looking mm-hmm. at a couple of books on the, to- on the topics, you're reading different versions of the Bible. Um, and so we, we, we say, that's great, you know, do it. Uh, and, and I think it's just an additional tool as we're talking about, it can yes. be misused, but you can also go and and buy sermons online now and read them on Sunday and no one will really know the difference. And so do you are- know about this, by the way, this is, d- did you know? Okay. <laughs> Go for it. I, I sat down with a, uh, I don't know if I should say this because they could be listening. Um, yeah, I got to say it. I got to share Go for it. it. I, I sat down with a pastor. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just say once upon a time, I won't say what timeline was. And, and I'm, I'm telling them about like, the series we're in, what I'm doing, what I feel like God's leading me in, what I, where I feel like we are as a church, our congregation, et cetera. And, and basically the guy's like, yeah, you know, this, this week, as it says, as you know, we're, we're preaching about something. And I was like, I don't know what you mean. What, like, you mean we, we, your church. And he was like, well, no, like we get sent sermons through this network. And I'm like, um, what do you mean you get sent sermons? Like you get sent like, uh, like ideas. He's like, no, 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 no. Like we get, we, because we're part of this network, we get sent a sermon. It's like sermons that, you know, other people in the network have seen good stuff from, or it's sermons from the people who lead the network. Like they've written out and I'm like, yeah, but it's not like, you know, it's not like, like the point, it's just like the points or something like that, or just the scripture. So he pulls it up. no, it's word for word, the sermon. <laughs> and it even has like a little block where it'll be like personal story. Yeah. And so the sermons now are scripture, personal story, points, closing. Yeah. And I'm like, so this is how you write your messages every week. And he goes every week. Yeah. And I was like, that must take you uh, like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like what in the world? Now, now look, I'm not saying I've never looked. I've, I've, I use anything and everything around me. And I will absolutely, if somebody's got a great sermon, I will absolutely stand up in front of my congregation and say, Hey, everybody, today's sermon is brought to you by, you know, Craig Rochelle because he writes it to where it rhymes and it's my main point or whatever. Like, I'm more than happy to, to use things that are around me, but to go as far as not put really any thought into what's coming and rely on somebody that doesn't know your church, that doesn't know your congregation, that doesn't yeah. know what God's really trying to speak. I think that's, um, it, it shocked me. 
it it, yeah. it just shocked me that that was the level of thought and preparation that was going into their their Sunday planning. So yeah. anyway, sorry for the tangent, but I no, just, that's fine. And there's I thousands just was of different. Yeah, there's thousands of different ways people uh, pastors prepare. You know, there's some that just go liturgically through the Bible and don't have any yep. personal stories. That's a personal preference. That's a congregational maybe uh, dictate. Uh, yep. But I think what you said is is the heart of your congregation what the Holy Spirit is telling you for that week, that month, that series, that time that you're in, what is going to best speak to your audience. You can, right. I, I just don't think you can do the cut and paste approach as a pastor. And so I would encourage ourselves and, and anyone else listening who's a pastor to make sure that like any tool, we use it, but don't abuse it. And we make sure that we're listening to Holy Spirit to the point that can you scrap your sermon on Saturday night because the Holy Spirit asked you to, like, that's the level of commitment we have to be to um, hearing the, the yes. Holy Spirit where, okay, my best laid plans are only as can go as far as God wants them to. And I have to ultimately be obedient. And so if we're going to have a service where we just repent and sing songs, like if that's the direction, then do it. And chat GPT is not going to give you that, uh, that, that nope. leading only Holy, only the Holy spirit can. So a uh, great conversation on chat GPT. Uh, if you guys have, uh, experiences with chat GPT or thoughts that we maybe didn't cover, cause there's so much yeah. to this, um, that other people have talked about, uh, let us know. You can go to the Facebook uh, group community eyes on Jesus community. Uh, it's in the links to the show notes. Once again, thanks for being here. And until next week, go with God, grow in discernment and keep your eyes on Jesus. Thanks for joining us on the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. Don't forget to hit subscribe. If this episode blessed you, please share it with a friend. Check out the show notes for more ways to connect with the hosts of the show. 